a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike, final segment of today's episode, number 110 of this program here on KSL News Radio. 2.51 is the time. Thanks for tuning in. Let me tell you something about the Lonsbury household and how we uh, handle division of labor. You see, I've got this brand new little baby. Her name's Piper. She's adorable. In fact, you can see pictures of our weekend if you go onto the Lee Lonsbury Facebook page. She's got this smile she's working on, and I swear it's adorable. Yeah, of course, but I think I think she's manipulating me. I think she knows that if she flashes uh, just the right little smile, that I'll either pick her up or give her a snack or tickle her or somehow give her attention. And she may be a, a baby that craves attention. And she's using that smile against me. That's a cynical way of looking at things, I know. Well, anyway, as we raise this brand new beautiful baby, my wife and I have split up the the chores around the house. One of my responsibilities is each night to wash the dishes. Now, I don't like washing the dishes. It's boring. I don't like getting my hands wet. The food on there sometimes gets caked on and gross. But I have, over the past five weeks or so, had something to distract me. I've been each night as I uh, have been doing the dishes, I prop the iPad there up on the kitchen counter, I put the AirPods in my ear, and I've been watching a documentary series that has absolutely uh, fixated me, The Last Dance. You may have heard of it. We've talked about it here. The, uh, the, the Nightside guys have been talking about it. The sports guys have been talking about it. Well, now it's my turn. The Last Dance, as you know, is a 10-part documentary series which culminates in the uh, the Chicago Bulls winning of their sixth championship, uh, their second three-peat in 1998. Now, their last two championships in that era, of course, came uh, as they defeated the Utah Jazz. And I feel kind of funny uh, broadcasting to you today because I'm sitting here on John Stockton Drive. In fact, I, I'm in my guest bedroom, and if I stand up and crane my neck just right and look out the window, I can see the building. I can see the building where the last scenes of this documentary were shot. It was the Delta Center way back then. Joining me on the line with KSL.com sports reporter Sean Walker. Sean, how you doing? Lee, I'm doing great. And I caught the tail end of that story of yours. And can I just say... Um, I don't have a baby that I I need to like get out of cradling or, or whatever yeah. on a Sunday night, but I have been in the exact same place as you as you the last five months trying to find ways to specifically stay home. And I know we're not trying to specifically stay home right now mm-hmm. during quarantine, but I have been. This has been absolute appointment doing for me every Sunday night for the last five weeks. It's locked in. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Let me play. Uh, let me play one little clip from from John Stockton. I want to talk to you about whether or not the DACA got got Stockton's uh, experience correct. Here's John Stockton. I never said, "Oh my goodness, this is the Bulls. Great team, all the respect that they've deserved, they get from me." But I sure didn't feel an aura about Michael Jordan or the Bulls. I don't know how you would play against somebody with that. We're there to win. So that's uh, from some of the promotional stuff surrounding the documentary. John Stockton agreed to participate. Carmelone did not. And the Washington Post yesterday morning published an article under the headline, John Stockton deserved better from the last dance. Did, did, uh, did Utah's own get the raw end of the deal there? How was his portrayal? I mean, I think maybe in some ways you could make that argument, Lee, because 
quite frankly, like, and, and I, I grew up in Utah, so I, I grew up in Provo. So I'll totally admit to those biases, but I felt like the 97, 98 Utah Jazz in particular were much more of a nemesis of Michael Jordan and his Bulls, especially in the late Mm nineties. Um, and I don't know if I got that all the way, like maybe a little bit in part of episode 10, but I don't know if I totally got that. Um, but it was it was fascinating to me to see just kind of how many people considered Jordan's Bulls to be their nemesis, and the Jazz were just sort of one of them. Yeah, like yeah. I always grew up, I always grew up feeling like they were like the nemesis, capital T, capital N, um, type of rivals of the Chicago Bulls, and and it turns out like kind of from the framing and the perspective and whatever of this documentary, which I think is awesome. Like I don't want to tear it down too much because I do think it's been great. Um, but but the the Jazz kind of just felt like just another team, and I don't know if that's totally true. Um, hmm. You know, I don't know if that's one hundred percent the case. So yeah, like I I I totally see where you're coming from. Like that, I I think the doc the documentary did a really good job of keeping it very centric on Jordan for obvious reasons. Sure. Um, and I don't think that should necessarily change. But was there maybe a little bit of a bigger role that the Jazz played, especially in that, that 90, those 98 playoffs? Like, yeah, I, I think there were, and I think they just kind of glossed over it. All right. So the, the one thing that this series has done for me, it has connected the dots and filled in a number of gaps in my own memory, uh, one of them having to do with the flu, the night uh, that Michael Jordan was here staying at the Marriott just down the street, and he, in the middle of the night, got hungry, ordered a pizza, and the story goes, according to Jordan, that five pizza delivery men, or at least Jordan's trainer, five pizza delivery men showed up at the door in the middle of the night from the one place willing to deliver at that hour, and that, after consuming the entire pizza by himself, Jordan comes down with the flu and uh, has to compete under pretty challenging conditions. Let me ask you, do you have any idea which pizza place that was? Um, I, I have heard stories. So <laughs> Is that right? Of all, first of all, we should we should go back because uh, in this anecdote, uh, Tim Grover, who was Michael Jordan's personal assistant at the uh-huh. time, his uh, personal trainer at the time, he, he says it was a pizza place from Salt Lake. Okay. Um, kind of implies that the Bulls were staying in downtown Salt Lake City and working, and, and you can get food at more places in downtown Salt Lake and whatever. I've talked with a couple of sports writers, a couple of my sports writer friends who covered the Jazz at the time, um, and they've all confirmed to me like the Bulls never stayed in downtown Salt Lake during Whoa. the night. They always stayed in Park City. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. This is a revelation. Yeah. Didn't, I didn't know this. And so, how, how does. How does... How does the story yeah. then fare? How could it possibly be true? Exactly. So, so the thing is, the Bulls were staying in, in in the Marriott Park City, I think it was, and and I I might be just blasting out uh, a name subconsciously on on the air. I I I can't remember exactly which hotel it was, but I believe sure. it was one of the Marriott names in Park City. And, and I thought, um, and I remember Jordan. Jordan said Marriott. Yeah, Jordan did definitely say Marriott. So that's true. Yeah. Um, but but everything I've heard from my sports writer friends is that they always stayed in Park City. Now, if you go just a couple miles away down the road from the Marriott in Park City, there is an old – it's not there anymore, but it's an old Pizza Hut Express hmm. um, that did stay open. Um, 
it, it did stay open late and they delivered late and that kind of thing. And so my my thinking, and this is this is 100% rumor and speculation. Like I don't want to pretend like there's any actual. That that's my stock and trade, man. That's what, that I deal I deal in I deal in rumors and speculation. <laughs> perfect, perfect. But that's 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 my gut. That's honestly my gut feeling. Like everything that I've been able to look into this, I think it's that old Pizza Hut Express right. down the street from the Park City Marriott. Right. Uh, where it came from, but on, but on that note, I, I mean, we're talking about Michael Jordan the night before Game Five of the <laughs> 1997 NBA Finals, um, consuming an entire large pepperoni pizza. Yeah, like, wait, let's be totally honest. Like, that doesn't need to be food poisoning. Yeah, that yeah. Just be, what is Michael Jordan doing eating an entire large pepperoni pizza by himself? Yeah. At, Two o'clock in the morning, or, or midnight, or whatever it is. Yeah, Sean. Listen, I got. We got to leave it at that. I could go on and chat with you all day about this series. It was wonderful. I'm going to sign off. Step aside. Let the great Jeff Kaplan take over as he brings to you here on KSL News Radio. Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news. <laughs>